Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to our podcast. We're talking this time about the mind as a weapon. Another mass shooting in Florida this time. Well, we've witnessed another mass killing, and this time 17 people are dead in Florida. Guns don't kill people. People do, says the NRA, the National Rifle Association. Many vehemently vehemently disagree. The debate and the killings continue. Well, here's another angle. The brain as a weapon. In the aftermath of 9-11, a group of scientists offered their views on how a mind designed for socialization and supposed good turns to violence. The mind as weapon. Hi, I'm Dave Balog. I am the author of the series of books, Healing the Brain, and we invite you to please visit our website at www.healingthebrainbooks.com. Dot com that's healing the brain books dot com and learn more about the brain and how it enables the mind and tonight, with the help of an article from the journal Cerebrum, published by the Dana Foundation, uh, we are going to take a look at uh, the brain as biological weapon. This article was written by a uh, a group of scientists in the aftermath of 9-11 to examine the brain and behavior and violence. And once again, thank you to the Dana Foundation and their journal, Cerebrum. So, we do not have to wait for germ warfare to witness the devastating consequences of manipulating nature for malevolent purposes. Starting with groups of individuals already receptive by virtue of prior experience and exploiting the natural processes that guide the development of the human brain, the leaders of terrorists who carried out the September 11th attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon re-engineered an organ shaped by evolution to maximize survival into a biological weapon responsible for thousands of deaths. Without a resident neurobiologist, sophisticated laboratory facilities, or medical intervention, the science contributors to this uh, article discussion piece were able to um, analyze brain and behavior simply by taking advantage of the fact that life experiences have physical consequences. Well, no one knows for certain what went on in the minds of the 19 men responsible for the atrocities of September 11th. Indeed, despite the attention they command in the media, the perpetrators of the 
of catastrophic acts of violence, terrorists, mass murderers, school shooters, serial killers, represent such a small fraction of the total population of violent individuals that researchers are not yet able to draw conclusions about the specific determinants of their behavior or why it is so extreme. But as we seek to understand why such terrible events occur, we can begin to find answers in what scientists have discovered about the biological roots of violence. The interplay between the brain and environment. Well, weighing about three pounds, 80% of it water, the human brain seems too small and fragile even to contemplate the enormity of the attacks, much less to assume responsibility for them. Yet crammed into that modest space are a hundred space are 100 billion neurons, each capable of as many as 150,000 individual transactions with its neighbors. In those transactions lie the origins of our behavior, our ability to see and hear, move and think, move and talk, think and feel, plan and imagine, create and destroy. The brain is open to outside influence, however, in collaboration with the environment, the institutions of society, relationships with family and friends, interactions with the larger world, the teachings of culture and religion, the brain continuously reinvents itself, remodeling neurons, refining pathways, and fine-tuning activity. These changes, in turn, support a new outlook that colors the interpretation of sensory data and shapes new behavioral responses. The circle is completed by the environment's reaction to the new behavior and by changes in the brain triggered by the act of behaving itself. Violence takes us by surprise, but on a neural level, it is years in the making. Everything from impulsive street crime to coldly plotted crimes against humanity emerges from the sum total of the interactions between the brain and the outside world, providing outward proof that this relationship has been characterized by hostility, disappointment, or frank trauma. The decision to kill is the result of a developmental process involving nature and nurture, and begins with the basic will to survive. Safety first. Safety is a problem on every animal's mind. In addition to evading predators, it may face threats from members of its own species, not only to its personal safety, but also to the safety of its offspring, its territory, its social status, or its resources. According to behavioral biologist John Archer, aggression, fighting back, provides a solution to these threats, a more forceful alternative or submission in especially desperate situations. Used as intended, carefully and judiciously against a proven enemy, aggression can be the right answer for humans as well as for rhinoceroses or rats. Pushed beyond acceptable limits, against the wrong target, for the wrong reasons, aggression degenerates into violence and an infraction that does little to promote survival, but rather puts victim, perpetrator, and society at grave risk.
if a passenger on a hijacked aircraft overpowers and kills the hijacker, we consider it an act of self-defense. Should the hijacker assault and kill the passenger, though, we call it murder. What is the difference? In the first scenario, the passenger correctly identifies an armed hijacker as a potentially lethal threat. His behavior is not excessive given the circumstances. The hijacker who slaughters an innocent passenger, however, kills a defenseless individual who poses no real threat to him. His behavior is inappropriate, intolerable, extreme. The ratio between the intensity of the threat and the intensity of the response determines whether or not that, res that response has transgressed the limits of acceptable behavior. When the perception of threat is distorted, behavior is likely to suffer and aggression erupts into violence. Well, we'll be back, take a 20 second break, and we'll be back with more on how the brain changes, how experience changes the brain. Welcome back to our podcast, The Mind as a Weapon, Florida Mass Shooting. I'm Dave Balog. I'm the author of the Healing the Brain series, a project of a thousand moms. And please visit our website at www.healingthebrainbooks.com, www.healingthebrainbooks.com. And there you'll find the titles in the series, more information podcasts and uh, a gateway to understanding uh, the human brain so important to our behavior, so important to our education, and so important to our safety and future. So that's www.healingthebrainbooks.com. Well, returning to our, to our story, we're reading from uh, an article from the journal Cerebrum published by the Dana Foundation. How does, the, how does experience change the brain? Well, neural, ap, neural adaptation allows each brain to answer fundamental questions in its own way, questions relevant to the use of aggression. Is my environment safe? Are you my friend or enemy? Are directed to the brain circuitry that oversees and regulates emotional behavior. It is adaptations to these neural pathways that define threat and, de and decide what to do about it. Human record keepers document their observations in words and numbers. The brain, on the other hand, is a chemical historian. It keeps tracks, track of the interactions between the brain and the environment in the language of chemistry, linking neurotransmission to the activity and amount of proteins critical to brain fun function and structure. The chemical discussions between neurons, which begin when signal and receptor come together, do not stop at the surface, but continue inside the cell, transmitted by a network of interacting signaling proteins. In the short term, signals passed from protein to protein can make immediate adjustments to features like the release of neurotransmitters. In the long term, 
signals also initiate alterations in gene expression and in levels of the proteins they encode. Neural communication, therefore, includes a pretranslating experience into changes in the physiology and anatomy of the brain. The brain circuitry underlying emotion encompasses not only subcortical structures like the amygdala, but also more highly developed areas of the cerebral cortex, particularly the frontal and cingulate cortex cortices. The amygdala responds to first impressions, quickly coordinating a response in an emergency. The cortex takes a second look and adds experiential, analytical, and moral detail that reduce the risk of jumping to irrational conclusions. Case histories and the functional imaging of brain activity during a task involving moral reasoning suggests that the cortical regions associated with emotion play a critical role in the acquisition and utilization of moral principles. The distortion of threat. A flexible, flexible brain can change to meet the demands of an unpredictable environment, but it is as vulnerable to malicious encounters and false information as it is to more benign influences. Dialogue between the brain and the environment is basically amiable, and the moral standards entered into the cortical database encourage benevolence and disapprove of violence. The process results in a nervous system capable of acceptable behavior. Threat assessment is accurate. And while behavior toward others may not always be charitable, it respects the limits set by society. Negative experiences, in contrast, send a message that the world is hostile and unfair, distort threat perception, and produce a nervous system prepared for the worst. For some, every insinuating remark becomes an invitation to quarrel. On a physical level, their touchiness shows up in chronically elevated levels of cortisol and disruptions in serotonin function. Others downshift emotionally, developing a patent disregard for limits, the feelings of others, or the legitimate threat of retaliation. Their biological fingerprint shows signs of reducing autonomic function a decrease in resting heart rate and skin conductance, as well as blunted response to stress. Without intervention, the, vi the vicious cycle between brain, behavior, and environment may spiral into violence, hostile outbursts in the case of the overly sensitive and the cold premeditated violence experts call antisocial in the case of the insensitive. Well, that is our excerpt from uh, the article from the Dana Foundation journal Cerebrum, The Mind as a Weapon. And tonight we have discussed that in terms of the uh, debate now ensuing again after another mass shooting, this time in Florida. We send our thoughts and our hopes for a better future for those young kids who are, are courageously standing up um, to find solutions and to a problem that, that really affects all of us in this country. Well, thank you for listening. And please visit our website, www.healingthebrainbooks.com, www.healingthebrainbooks.com, and we will see you next time. 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.